Welcome to the Brisbane Property Podcast with your hosts, Melinda and Scott Jennison from Streamline Property Buyers, your local Brisbane property specialists. Hi everyone, uh, welcome to another episode of the Brisbane Property Podcast, myself, Scott and Melinda. Hi, welcome back. Uh, really excited this week to be talking about a strategy that we're currently uh, helping one of our clients with here in Brisbane, and that is the ability to purchase an older home, knock it down and rebuild an executive dream home or an investment property in its place. Yeah, so um, this this bit, I actually, I don't mind this episode, being a, a builder coming from that construction side of it, I might have a little bit more involvement. Um we, there was an article actually in the Courier-Mail last weekend um, about our clients and we started searching for these clients oh, a couple of months ago, I think now, um, looking for a property. Uh, it was going to be their, their home to move into with their family and, and live and it was a little bit difficult sometimes. We went to properties and maybe they didn't like the colour of the property or the layout or certain parts of the, um, the property. Yeah, I think that when you're um, searching for your dream home, you've got a fairly good idea in your own mind in terms of what you're after. So you're wanting to tick as many boxes as possible when you are outlaying a significant sum of money to acquire your new home. Now, what we did find with our clients is that there were a lot of nice homes that we went through, but not all of them were suitable and not many of them, in fact, were suitable for the sort of home that they had in mind. And that's when we uh, suggested perhaps looking for a property in the location that they wanted to live and recreating that property to the exact home that they had in mind. Yeah, so they, they currently live in a Queenslander. Um, anyone that is familiar with Queenslanders, they can be a bit um, uh, quirky, I suppose. Um, they used to have sleep outs and little rooms and there's all they're a little sometimes a little bit difficult to um, to change and alter to suit exactly what you're after. So they went to a few properties. They don't. They want to move from where they are at the moment. Um, we've literally a couple of few kilometres away is, is the location of this one, and um, we come up with the idea to build exactly what they're after and help them go through that journey. Something they never ever thought they would do, um, and they're super excited now that we're under in the process. And I think one of the biggest things to mention up front before we get into the process of how you can do this yourself is that when you run the numbers, um, purchase a property, um, even considering the cost of holding that property during the construction phase, uh, and then you understand what the end values of a brand new build build in some of these land banked locations around Brisbane, you'll find that you will tap into a lot of equity in the new home because people will pay a premium for something that is um, new in an area. And that's something that our clients have also, you know, understood as a result of this process. When, when you know what you have to spend to buy an existing home versus creating your own home, you actually come out ahead financially when you go through the process of knocking down and rebuilding in most instances, providing you get the location selection right. Yeah. So as Melinda touched on there, it's you, you build cost and, and pre, people will ask this question all the time. How much can you build a, a four bedroom home for? Well, that, that will really vary um, considerably depending on the exact sort of style of home, the selections and the, and the specifications, the finishes. There's so much to consider. And you've also got to take that into, into account when you look at what it's going to be worth in the end. So you have to actually look at the comps, what's in that area and in the surrounding that property to see 
what that is so you know what your budget should be to match those sort of properties? Yeah, a big um, point that we need to highlight is that you you can't go into this type of strategy blind. You must understand what the end value uh, will be of your property because the last thing that you want to do by undertaking this process is overcapitalizing. And what that means is you don't want to have the most expensive property in the suburb. You want your property to be um, at a price point where other properties have already sold. You want evidence of end sales in the location. So uh, what we say, we call that price disparity and it's something that we're going to uh, make sure that we're identifying when we're selecting a suitable location. So uh, you want to make sure that the entry price point in a suburb has extremely high exit price points uh, within the same suburb. So there's strong price disparity between what you can buy an older rundown home for and what the premium executive homes are selling for. Yeah. So um, obviously there's a lot of things to do. Your homework, you've got to, you've got to crunch those numbers, make sure you, you cover all your costs and outgoings. Um, but then I, I guess if we run through the process, just to give you a bit of an idea of what's actually involved, uh, we do this as a part of our um, service for certain clients. We will project manage properties for them um, and projects like this. So we can actually help them go down the whole journey of getting finding a property, getting your development approval, get your building approval, getting the builder right through the whole construction process. So it's a, it, it is a part of a service we can offer. So we just thought we'd give you a bit of an inside sort of information on, um, on the process and what's involved. So... First step is finding the property. And I think the important aspect to highlight here is, as we have pointed out in previous episodes on this podcast, not all properties in Brisbane can be demolished. So the number one thing that you need to check before you dive in and commit to a purchase is, can the property be removed or is there a protection in place? Is it covered with a character residential um, overlay? And if so, is it a pre-war home? So does it exist in that 1946 aerial photography? Because if it does, you are going to have a fight with council and it's more than likely that you will not be able to remove that property if you apply for a demolition approval. So number one step, check if it's a character home and if it is protected from demolition. Yeah, while we're on overlays, I mean, the other things, and we've had other episodes, uh, podcasts, we've talked about this as well. Things like um, flood impact, overland flow, all those types of things you've really got to consider and know all these overlays to make sure that it's actually a really good site. Yeah, in relation to flood, for example, we know that um, since the 2011 floods here in Brisbane, our council have uh, changed the assessment process for new properties that are built in areas that are flood impacted. So any new construction will need to comply with the uh, new rules around flood impacted properties and that's something you need to be aware of because if it involves lifting a property to a new height there's potential increased costs associated with that and you need to understand that upfront before you purchase because if you only understand that or only find that information out after you've made a purchase your numbers might be out and you might be overcapitalizing. So still in still in the search process and we're let's say we're, we're looking at a site at the moment um, we just want to make sure that it will stack up from a, uh, a design and a build side of it, not a dollar side of it at the moment. Um, other things we look at as well are services underground. So you want to make sure that you want to know where the sewer is, the stormwater, gas, um, water supply, all those types of things. 
that can affect, let, let's say, for example, you want to put a pool in the backyard of this property and there's a sewer line running right through there, um, you're in a little bit of trouble. Um, so we want to check the services underground and we want to check the contours of the land. You don't want to, sites that have a lot of fall. If, you, if you're looking at a property with views, you will probably could potentially have a, quite a bit of fall on it. Things to be aware of when you look at contours on the, on the land is the build cost. The more the, the land slopes, the more probably retaining walls there will be. When you start to get in the ground with retaining walls and earthworks, your costs can really blow out. So you want to make sure you know your contours and you've, you've planned for that ahead. Yeah, the other thing that we look for is purchasing an older home that is as close as possible to land value. Now, it's very rare in some of the inner city locations around Brisbane to be able to purchase vacant land. So to be able to create vacant land, you want to be um, understanding the costs associated with taking a property to vacant land, and that involves um assessing the demolition costs as well. So you do want to be purchasing an older home that doesn't have much value left in it. Um, you can't just be selecting a home that's still got many years of livability um, and, and knocking that down unless you're really desperate to get into a location and there's not many other properties available. But um, that might then put you into a position where you've overcapitalized as well. So land value is important to consider and purchasing an old home that um, doesn't have any life left in it. So if it's a hot property, it's going to move pretty quick, obviously. Um, so there's a bit of work to do there. Um, you need to do that really fast, um, but do it well and, and make sure you, you cover all the bases on that side of things. Um, and then if you do secure it, um, I, I guess we move to demolition side of it. Yeah, that's the next stage in the process and um, understanding the steps involved in demolishing a property um, is important. So most properties, if they're not character protected, um, uh, will require a demolition approval. Um, some properties will require an application to council. Others can be done through a private certifier. So um, best to get professional advice around the property as to what um, approvals are necessary there. Um, and then, of course, once you've got the approvals in place, it's a, a case of working with demolition contractors. Yeah, disconnect services. Um, so you'll need to make sure all, all the services to the property are disconnected uh, and then the Qualified contractors can come in uh, and do their work to safely remove the property, clear the site and make it ready for the, the next stage of the building. Yeah, one thing I noticed with our clients, because this just happened very recently for them, um, is that they could not believe how fast the demolition actually happened because within two days, uh, the house had been completely removed. Um, the excavators came in, crushed the property down to rubble, and it was all trucked out the next day. So, you know, it does happen very quickly once all of the approvals are in place and you can clear a site within a matter of days, not weeks. So during that process of the um, of the demolition, just, just so you know, part of the, the planning um, for the next stage of the build can actually happen in conjunction with that. So if you do secure the property, at that stage when you're actually doing the um, demolition approval and doing all that side of it, you'll actually want to start working on the concept design. That way you'll save time later on down the track. So you can work on the concept design to make sure you get the house done and you work within a budget. So we go back up to what we talked about at the start when we talk about the cost of the, the construction. You want to have a budget in mind. So when you actually sit down with the, with the designers, you say, look, this is, this is our budget. This is what we want it to be designed for and under this price, they will then be able to work within that budget 
to make sure that it's it's a type of property that's going to stack up. And that's all happening in the same time frame as the demolition approval and all that type of work behind the scenes. Yeah, I think that um, understanding the budget is probably one of the areas where a lot of people can get it wrong. I mean, elaborate design can happen, but unless you're actually cross-checking that design with your budget, you might find that you've designed something that you can no longer afford to build. So I think consultation with professionals around making sure you are designing within a set budget is critical because the last thing you want to do is start the design process again simply because when you get the build quotes in they are over budget and that happens a lot you know whether it's a renovation or a new build a lot of people you know design exactly what they want and then find when the the project is costed out and quoted by a builder that they're um, tens if not hundreds of thousand dollars above where their budget lies so working very closely with your consultants whether that's an architect or a designer um, or a drafts person uh, making sure that they're in consultation with uh building contractors is really critical so that they're not um, designing something that you can, can't afford to build. Yeah, I think it's just a little probably a tip from experience from um, from building side of it. Some people think that if they go and get their plans drawn up and they go to tender, that they're going to get a really a cheap price and they're going to be able to tighten everything up and, and, and make more money. Um, generally, I would probably say it doesn't work so much that way. Um, to be honest and open up front with people is probably the best way, which is why we say to work within a budget and actually disclose that and say, look, this is my budget. This is what I want to get for that amount of money. So they can actually design uh, that type of property, not just going out and saying, well, I want a four bedroom house with a pool and, and so on and so forth, and then put out to tender. Uh, it, it, if it comes back and the price is so high, it's just going to delay things and it's actually going to stress everybody out. Yeah, um, good tip there. So um, if you do have the team to work uh, with you in a design and construct package, that's probably a useful way to go to make sure that you are design something, designing something that you can afford. Now, in that design phase, um, the next step is to get the relevant building approvals in place. Yeah, so to get those approvals, uh, there's another stage and that's when uh, you get into the sort of finer details of the plans. So you go from a concept and, and budget type of plan to a lot more detail. So that's when the, the the draftsman or architect, whoever you're working with, they'll do a bit more of detailed architectural plans with dimensions and, and designs. They will then get an engineer to do the engineering of it. Uh, that has to be all separate. So structurally structural engineers will have to do their design there's lots of little things behind the scenes like energy efficiency uh, the hydraulics so there's lots of other parts moving parts within that and they all communicate with each other depending on who you work with if it's an in in-house designer sometimes they have all those parts uh, those consultants in-house otherwise they will work externally but they communicate to make sure that what they're drawing can actually be built and it all works in together with things, services. So things like plumbing, air conditioning, electrical, and so on is all in that design, and it can actually work with the building. So the building approval phase, in most cases, only requires a private certifier. Um, the only instance where you may need to go back to council to um, 
get any further approvals from council at this phase is, each, is if there are any potential overlays that impact the property that require a council approval prior to construction. And that's dependent on the type of property. Uh, we don't have the, the time to go into all of those potential overlays, but um, just something to be aware of if you have purchased in a particular zone with any particular overlays, you may need to go back to council to um, request approval to construct. So um, otherwise, it'll be a private certifier. Yeah, and that, again, a lot more detail on that, as Melinda said, but if you're going to council, there's there's obviously different ways, Melinda, to um, to get the development approval, risk, risk smart and timeframes, costs. Yeah. There's lots of things involved in that as well where you, uh, a good town planner and a good team can actually help you with that as well. Yeah, I think building your team before you go through this process is critical so that you can understand all of those that may need involvement in the project. Ultimately, it's the team that continues to push the project forward, um, especially if you're not experienced in the process. It's critical because time is money because obviously during this construction phase, if you have already purchased the land, there are outlays on that land. You're not yet living in the property. So there's other costs associated with either living elsewhere or renting elsewhere. Um, and there's interest costs associated with holding that land before you get to move in. So time is critical because time is money. And it's important to make sure that um, everything is aligned as perfectly as possible to make the process as, as quick as possible. So the um, with a part of the detailed design, that's when a lot of the selections will also start to happen. So when we're talking budgets and being open about your budget, that's when the designers can actually design to, within your budget as well. So things, for example, and if I keep it nice and simple, like your tile selection, they will allow a certain amount per square metre for a type of tile, whether it's a basic range for uh, investment type of design of a house, mid-range or, or high-end, they'll actually allow those products and even down to the ovens and cooktops and, and so on and so forth, whether you have window coverings included, there's a whole selection of process um, to get to that stage so that the build quote can be confirmed before you go to a build contract. And I think, you know, coming from years of experience in construction, um, understanding what you sign when it comes to a construction contract is also critical because you must understand what is included, um, but not also not just what's included, what's excluded. And, and once you've got a clear understanding of that, you need to dive deeper into that contract to understand if everything is um, quoted or if the builder has put in what they call provisional sums or prime cost items because in those instances it allows the builder to charge you a variation if the selection that you make or if the cost associated with building that component um, is over and above the allocated amount. So if you don't understand what the difference between a quoted item and a provisional cost item or a provisional sum item is within a building contract, get professional advice before you sign because you don't want to be left with a contract that's not fixed price that can have escalations um, during the construction process because, again, that can blow out your costs and make the project uh, less feasible. Yeah, I, I'd probably, again, I'd probably be inclined to try and get everything included as much as possible into the original quote because, if you, as Melinda said, if you do get variations, um, from a builder, um, variations are actually more of a pain than anything. They they create paperwork, they create extra extra work, extra quoting. It's something on top, and generally builders would probably charge something like around about a twenty percent margin, roughly on a uh, on a variation to a contract, uh, which is quite fair because they've got to make money and it does take time and effort to do all that sort of work. So I'd probably suggest try to 
be organized, be very organized up front and work within that design and that budget to make sure everything's included in it. So Scott, uh, you've got a lot of experience in construction. What sort of time frame should people be allowing if they are considering going through this type of process? Well, demo is about two days. <laughs> so that, that's the quick part. Um, look, a lot of that concept design, that can that can vary up a bit with all your approvals. And you could go out to about 10 weeks roughly on that side of things um, to get to a construction period. For a construction period for a, a standard type of house, let's say a four-bedroom type of house, it could range from six to eight months uh, depending on the time of year. And because obviously building shuts down, for example, over Easter periods, it shuts down over Christmas, especially. Uh, the building industry will literally close. A lot of suppliers will stop taking orders, probably even as early as November, October, November. They will actually stop taking new orders, which pushes you out to the new year. Most of construction will not kick off until they do, say, early January. It takes traders a little bit of time to get up and running sometimes. So you could push out to sort of late January, start of February before things really get moving. So there's time for it also to be prepared when you're actually going to build. The other thing I talk to people about is um, be organised with the time of year when you build. In Queensland, we generally have a, a bit more wet weather over the summer periods. So if you can avoid being in the ground over those summer periods, you'll avoid a lot of uh, weather delays and rain delays on, on your property. So it's good. Winter time's a great time to build. It's never cold up here anyway. Um, so usually around 20 degrees and fine weather. We don't get a lot of rain in winter. So I, I generally would say if you can build through that winter period, at least to get it out of the ground and close things up. But yeah, a standard build about six to eight months. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you say that summer's our wet month, but we've had a couple of years of very, um, you know, low rain volume. So, you know, it's all dependent on, on what comes at any time of the year. But getting a slab on ground or, or potentially getting a roof overhead allows the, the project to continue. But um, if you're not at that stage, it can create a lot of mess and um, can potentially cause extra cost to you as well because, you know, shifting mud or waiting for the mud to dry out, as I mentioned earlier, time is money on a building site. Um, so you don't want to be in a position where you are constantly delayed because of wet weather because that can um, cause extra holding costs for you as well. So one thing I did want to mention, yes, we are helping some clients with this process and they are home buyers. They are going to be owner occupiers. However, this is a strategy and it's a clever strategy that some sophisticated investors are also using. And the reason for that is, is very simple. Not only are you able to purchase in a location where there is no free land available, but you also have the opportunity to get maximum depreciation benefits as an investor once the property has been completed. Now, this is not for everybody. This is a an investment strategy that is tailored for those with a higher risk appetite and also those that have a higher investment budget. Um, and if it is something that you're considering, I do suggest you talk to your bank or a mortgage broker because to fund a project like this is a different process. It's not just going to the bank to get a loan for the full amount. Um, it's broken down into the purchase phase and then the construction phase. Uh, and it's important to get professional advice around that before you jump into a strategy like this. But not only that, you, you obviously get great depreciation benefits upon completion. 
you do also get a premium rent. And if you followed a recent episode where we interviewed a property manager here in Brisbane, you will note that the hottest part of the uh, market in terms of the rental market have been those executive rentals. They're walking out the door if they have the right layout because people are able to claim some of the costs associated with um, renting those properties because they're working from home. So clever strategy for those that have the capacity to do it. Um, and I just did want to differentiate that this is not just something that home buyers can do. It is definitely something that investors can do. You get the benefit of a premium location and the benefit of a brand new property. So if that's of interest, feel free to reach out. Happy to explain that process in more detail. Yeah. So um, look, there's other things behind the scenes. Obviously, this is what we do and, and have done for many years. Things like um, checking builders' licenses, all those types of things. If you work with a a good company that is involved in that uh, design and construct side of it. Uh, generally, that's all pretty well covered and they use the appropriate people. But make sure there's obviously, you know, your builder has has done this type of work and is experienced with it as well. That always makes it a lot easier through the process. Um, and obviously, you know, when these products are finished, they, they, look, they look lovely. They come up really nice. Um, the way they're built these days is they're very efficient in the way they build it. Um, once it's all landscaped and presented, um, they are a lovely house to um, to build as well. Yeah, so I hope that you've enjoyed that rundown of um, that strategy of knocking down an older property and rebuilding something new in its place. Obviously, there's other ways um, to maximise the, the potential of a site by subdividing and, and building two. That's not part of what we have discussed today and that process is different again. So what we've described is the process just simply to knock down one property and rebuild a single property in its place. But um, hopefully it's given you some insights into the process and um, and some tips that you can look into implementing if it's something that you're wanting to explore. Yeah, so if, anyone, if you've got any questions about um, whether it's this process of the knockdown build for a single house or even if you've got any questions about the uh, the split into two and, and build, which we can touch on another episode probably, um, but if there's any questions you have, Happy to shoot them in. We'll answer them in another episode. Um, but hopefully that's been helpful, give you a bit of an idea of the process. Um, and uh, if follow our story with these clients, we'll put putting things up on uh, social media and keep everyone up to date. Um, until next time, take care and bye for now. Yeah, thanks for tuning in again, everybody. Please don't forget to mention our podcast to your friends and family if you think they will benefit from some of the content that we share. And as always, please leave us a review and um, and write your comments in. We love to hear your feedback and um, hopefully we can continue to provide the sort of content that you are after. Thank you so much for joining us again today. We'll talk to you again sometime soon. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in today. Please remember everything we have spoken about on this podcast is general in nature and we always recommend that you obtain independent advice in relation to your specific circumstances. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe or leave us a review on iTunes and of course, tell your friends about us. If you would like to get in contact, please visit www.brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au or email us at info at brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au. Feel free to send in any questions and we will try to answer them in future episodes.